Just noticed the <laughs> Jason mask on top of my face. <laughs> don't, up. yeah, just don't go to the lake tonight. That's all I'm saying. Uh, well done, sir. I won't be there either, so don't feel bad. Uh, it's a Friday edition of Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joy. Chris Yao here alongside Maurice Patton, and we are coming to you live from the Lee Company studio, and I doing my best to make sure I think everything's working. Did, did everything work on your end, Justin? Trying new things today, folks. Checking right now. Looks looks to be good for my end, but of course I've had better luck than some others in the past. So we're going to, we're going to read here in just a minute, but yeah, everything's looking good. Let's on go. This Friday as yep. even though it's a little cloudy, though. Cloudy's no fun. Cloudy's no fun, but I mean, as long as there's nothing in them, yeah, I guess we're all we're right. Coming and out I don't them. think there's anything set to come out of them. Well, anytime if, soon. If anymore. that's the case, I will be happy. We'll all be happy. Oh, absolutely. So let's let's all be happy. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. So yeah, it's going to be a good show. Looking forward to it. We've got uh, former Tennessee State coach, but legendary Tennessee State player rod reed joining us here in just a moment also he just happens to be marcel reed's dad so that helps texas a&m freshman quarterback marcel reed so, so. yeah I'm, I'm i'm thinking he might can give us a little unique insight into tomorrow's matchup as the aggies go to just loud newland stadium Loud as loud, Mo. Loud as loud. Loud as loud. It's what I hear. It's what I understand. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's what you hear. That's <laughs> what I've heard. I, I tell you, it's 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 an exciting weekend for college football. Washington, Oregon is going to be a lot of fun. We've got ten games that are quite intriguing that we will pick against the spread a little bit later, and of course we'll have Terry McCormick as well. We will. Conclude, Mo, Braves chatter. Oh, we might not necessarily conclude it. I mean, we'll probably talk some more about it, but on a game-by-game basis, yes, we, this will, is, we will bring it to a premature halt. Premature is exactly right. It's very unfortunate, and, you know. Yeah, you get what you get. It, you do, in fact. 
You I do, mean, in fact. I'm, I'm, I'm not even mad about it at this point. I'm just disappointed. And that's worse. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, but the chatter is going to be interesting because I got some questions. Well, I've got thoughts on some things such as I have, I have a theory about the playoff format and the results from said playoff format. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into it a little yep. bit later. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a sure be a really good segment. So make sure to stick around for that. Also, uh, SEC midseason awards, the schedule apparently is still not decided how they're going to do the schedule from 2025 and beyond, whether it's going to be eight games, nine games, one permanent opponent, three permanent opponents, all kinds of different things. And I don't know why this got brought back up today, but it is still kind of, uh, you know, out there. And so what I'm understanding is that the one permanent opponent idea is getting a little more traction than some may have anticipated and certainly won't. So we'll see what happens. Talk about that and much, much more. So stick around with us throughout the show. Right now, though, we're going to get you yesterday's results and today's results for some and this weekend's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb & Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. In high school girls golf state championships, it's Summertown taking the I know that's a shot. team state title, which is what, four in a row? Five, six, seven, twelve? Six. Yeah. Six in a row. Half a dozen. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. Carly Campbell finishes it off by taking the individual title, shooting five under par. The team shot seven over par as a team, which is insanity. And yet here they are. Summertown taking gold at girls golf. Volleyball sectional action yesterday. East Robertson downs Eagleville. Three nothing. It was Harpeth three. Summertown one Loretto. Three nothing winners over Camden. Class double A action. Signal Mountain ends Murfreesboro Central season three nothing, as does Valor Collegiate for Lexington, three nothing, and Creekwood to White House Heritage, also three nothing. East Hamilton edges Oakland three to two. Nolansville takes care of Green Hill three one and Brentwood a three nothing winner over Gallatin. Clarksville falls at home to Houston, 3 nothing, and Rossview goes to Collierville, and the Lady Dragons win 3 nothing as well. In girls' soccer action from Thursday, it was Cheatham County doubling up Harford 4-2. Franklin with a 2 nothing win over Ravenwood. Your District 9 AAA girls' soccer champions, the Spring Hill Raiders, who went to Lincoln County and picked up a 2-1 victory. Congratulations you know, to them. You know they went undefeated in region play? Like, 
They had three Eight ties. Eight million ties, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. They didn't lose a match in, in district play at all. Yeah. Just, that's crazy. There you go. Congratulations again to them. Oakland with a one nothing win over Siegel. Station Camp defeated White House 9-1, and it was Stewart's Creek 4, Wilson Central nothing. In Major League Baseball action last night, Philadelphia Phillies advanced to the National League Championship Series with a 3-1 win over Atlanta, winning that series 3-1. College football, the Dana Holberson Bowl goes to Holberson. Yeah. And, what a finish. And the Houston Cougars with a 41-39 win over West Virginia. Also, SMU defeated East Carolina 31-10 in hockey action. The hosts, Nashville Predators, opened their season at Bridgestone Arena with a 3-0 win over the Kraken of Seattle. And in Thursday night NFL football, Kansas City defeated Denver 19-8 in a game that was Probably closer than most people thought it would be. So. Yeah, it was definitely closer than I thought it would be. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Football action tonight, high school level, Beach hosting Siegel. All these at 7 p.m. local time. Kenwood's at Dixon County. Nashville Christian's at Fayetteville. Friendship Christian hosts York Institute in Giles County's at home against Community. Webb School goes to Good Pasture and Laverne's at Green Hill. Portland goes to Hendersonville. And Lipscomb Academy is at Knox Catholic. Lawrence County welcomes Shelbyville. Republic's at Liberty Creek. Loretto at home against Eagleville. Father Ryan at Macaulay. Lebanon at Mount Juliet. Mount Juliet Christian at home against Glencliff. Coffee County's at Oakland. Blackman's at Riverdale. Pope Prep goes to Rockville. Smith County is hosting Westmoreland. Stewart's Creek is at Smyrna. Creekwood is at Station Camp. Richland goes to Summertown. The Kings Academy hosting Middle Tennessee Christian. Grundy County's at Watertown. White House hosts Upperman, and Gallatin is at Wilson Central. College football action tonight, 6 o'clock ESPN. Tulane comes to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium to take on the host Memphis Tigers. Also, Fresno State is at Utah State. That's a 7 o'clock kick on CBS Sports Network. And in Pac-12, it's not really after dark because it's only a 9 o'clock Central kickoff. But um, Stanford is at Colorado. That game is on ESPN following Tulane Memphis. Saturday, breakfast with the Commodores, 11 o'clock on CBS. It's Georgia coming to First Bank Stadium, taking on Vanderbilt. Also at 11, Arkansas is at Alabama. That one's on ESPN. At 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus, Gardner-Webb is at Austin P. 2.30 on CBS, the second half of the CBS doubleheader. Texas A&M at Tennessee, and at 5 o'clock on ESPN Plus, Norfolk State plays at Tennessee State. Is that at Nissan, or is that in the hole? Probably. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. We'll check on that. NHL action. Predators go on the road, taking on Boston. Is that tomorrow? I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Saturday, 6 o'clock, Valley Sports South. Sunday... Across the pond, the Titans and the Ravens will kick it off at 8.30 a.m. Sunday morning on NFL Network. And in WNBA action, this could close it out. Game three, Las Vegas Aces are at the New York Liberty. That's a 2 o'clock tip-off on ABC. The Aces lead that best-of-five series 2 to nothing. Uh, yes, Nissan Stadium will be hosting. Tennessee State and Norfolk State. And Norfolk State. All right. 
the Spartans. They ain't got anything else going the on. Tigers. No, ain't nothing else happening at Nissan this weekend. Oh, there you go. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your rundown. Stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly. And if you have not been to Piggly Wiggly and had your delicious lunch, you can also get mm -hmm. a nice piece of this strawberry cake. <laughs> Product placement. Yeah, I like that's it. That's right. I just wanted to need it. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> delicious. And, and lunch was delicious as well. What'd little, you get? Had a little fish uh, with hush puppies, mac and cheese, and, and turnip greens. Just always phenomenal. So, what color did they have today? Uh, oh, it looked like either cherry or blackberry. I didn't see because I wasn't looking because I had strawberry cake. So <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't really paying attention to the cobbler. Uh, but yeah, go go by get your daily lunch from the deli. Of course, they've got fresh hand cut meats, fresh produce, and all cost plus ten at the register. Today's top story, Mo, is. Mm -hmm going to send some people that I know, my dad probably included, into hiding <laughs> as they think about the the first play. The first play. The first play. Of, I was sitting there. Of the 1995 third Saturday in October. <laughs> yeah. He was sitting there too. Mm, that was fun. No, it, you know, it was fun for, for me and my first game as a Tennessee fan. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Joey Kent, the recipient of the touchdown pass from Peyton Manning in that 95 Alabama Tennessee game, has been named to the SEC Legends class this year. And boy, are there some legends in this class. First of all, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about Joey. He led Tennessee in receiving as a sophomore, junior, and senior. Two-time first-team All-SEC selection, second-team All-American. Career record holder in receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, 100-yard games, and average yard per catch. That's, that's pretty good. That's interesting. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Not only was he two-time first-team All-SEC, but he was also an All-Freshman SEC. Mm -hmm. So technically, he was All-SEC three times, just mm -hmm. not first-team. That, that's impressive. Three of the four years and you're All-SEC, you'll take that. He was um, selected 46 overall by the Tennessee Titans in the second round of the 97 draft and was on that Super Bowl 34 team for the Titans, played four years in the league, including um, the Colts and Vikings, and Huntsville native. Huntsville native, that's right. So congrats to him, um, well-deserved honor. Also, Jamie Winburn from Vanderbilt will be their SEC legend. All of these guys will be recognized during the SEC championship game weekend in Atlanta. Winborn is Vanderbilt's career leader in tackles for loss. Um, was an All-American and All-SEC. Um, started for years. Owns two of Vanderbilt's top six single season tackle for loss totals, including 23 in 1999. 
um, three-time All-SEC, led the uh, the team in total tackles three years, finished with 141 career stops. Um, Second-round pick of the 49ers in 2001, played for the 49ers, Jaguars, Bucks, Broncos, and Titans. Um, was named the 49ers Ed Block Courage Award recipient in 2004 after he overcame a neck injury sustained in practice in 2003 and is a cancer survivor. So um, congrats to Jamie as well. And as you said, this is a great class. Yes, other recipients from Alabama, the fantastic offensive tackle Andre Smith, will be their SEC legend from Arkansas going all the way back to 1968 to 1970. Dick Bumpus, defensive tackle. Uh, Auburn's Ed King, offensive lineman from 88 to 90. It's nice to see these offensive linemen getting some love. Absolutely. Uh, Florida, quarterback Shane Matthews. Most of us remember him. Uh, and, and also remember Georgia's no Sean Marino running back from 2007 to 2008. Man, he was a lot of fun to watch. He's a bad man. Um, Kentucky's Wesley Woodyard, uh, linebacker from 04 to 07. James Britt from LSU, defensive back in 79 to 82. Ole Miss, man, you the, want to talk about the pride of Brewston, Tennessee. This guy right here was absolutely just dominant during his tenure. Uh, as a linebacker with Ole Miss, Patrick Willis from 03 to 06, and then in the league as well mm-hmm. with with San Francisco 49ers most of that time. So mm-hmm. just a, a fantastic, fantastic player. Reggie Kelly tied in from Mississippi State, 95 to 98. Uh, Missouri, I guess we just Missouri history here. It's not necessarily SEC history. Well, I mean, uh, same thing with Dick Bumpus from, yeah, from yeah, Arkansas. That was prior to them. Yeah, that would have been way prior. Yeah. Um, Chase Kaufman, tight end from 05 to 08 for the Tigers. South Carolina's Marcus Lattimore, man, just still mm. still hurting. What 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 might have been, yeah. Great running back from uh, 10, 2010 to 2012. And Texas A&M's Ray Childress, defensive lineman from 81 to 84. So. Went on to NFL stardom with the Oilers, Cowboys. Um. Yeah, this is a great class, man. And um, again, congrats to all of them. They will be recognized again during SEC Championship Game Weekend, um, December 1st and 2nd at Atlanta. Um, highlighted by the annual SEC Legends Celebration, December 1st at the College Football Hall of Fame. And they'll be recognized prior to the championship game on December 2nd at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, again, congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well-deserved well honor for those folks. So, looking forward to seeing Joey and uh, Jamie and Andre, particularly. And, of course, you know, Patrick Willis is mm-hmm. just, just man. Every time I think about that guy, he just he, – that's when I was in college and I was really into college football. And, and just every Saturday, he was a menace. And absolutely, it's a great menace. way to put it. He was. He yeah. was a menace to offenses, and 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 one of the, 
You know, uh, Eli Manning gets a lot of credit for those years for, at Ole Miss, but I think Patrick Willis might have had just as much, if not more, to do with their success under David Cutcliffe. Well, I mean, it, it's very similar to, you know, Peyton Manning and Al Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. Almost Speaking of West Tennessee products. Yeah, almost identical. Yeah. It's, it is wild how, how much, how complimentary, you know, those two were to have, to have guys that good on both sides of the ball. Just, it, it's not typical. You just don't see it all the time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, man, those Ole Miss teams were fun to watch. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Rod Reed will join us via phone. So stick around here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back after these messages. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. back 
Weekend Management Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We have an update from golf, boys golf. We do have an update from the Class A Boys Golf State Tournament as the Region 8, I'm sorry, not Region 8, they were Region 6A champion Mount Pleasant Tigers finished 8th in the 18 field at the Class A State Tournament, finishing with a two-day total of 736. Um, 116 strokes behind state champion Kingston. So, um, individuals, oh, it looks like they're final as well. Um, defending state champion Cole Campbell of Summertown finished with a two day 143, one stroke under par, and six strokes back of the winner, William Bacon from Kingston. Um, Bolivar's Carson Daniel finished second with a two-day 139. So, um, Cole Campbell finishes third, and his next stop will be the operating room. Kid's been playing with torn labrums in both hips. And still shot one under. So, Justin, what's your excuse? <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> Uh, I just wasn't very good. <laughs> That's a great, great that, excuse. That, that is a great excuse. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine having a torn labrum, let alone two, let alone playing golf on them. Yeah. No, thank you. So I have, I have no, I have no desire to do any of those things. No. So he's going to have one labrum fixed. Go through PT. Have the other labrum fixed. And should be ready to return by June, according to his uncle, John Campbell. Meanwhile, state champion, four-time state runner-up, Carla Campbell, John's daughter, is dealing with thoracic out outlet syndrome that has hampered her since last summer. And they're trying to figure out whether she's going to have to have surgery to address that or not. Hmm. So, um, goodness, checking on those deductibles for the Campbells, but which they are wishing them the best of luck. Carly is a um, Kentucky commit and is going to do great things at the next level. And I don't imagine Cole is too far behind her. So, congrats to them. Yeah. Now we go to the phone lines, Mo, mm -hmm. as Tennessee State legend. Joins us, Sherrod Reed. Coach, what's up? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Doing well, Coach. Appreciate you taking some time with us. Um, thought we might bring you in to get some unique insight on this Texas A&M Tennessee matchup tomorrow over at Neyland Stadium. I, I don't expect you to necessarily divulge any insider information. But I, I imagine you've seen this A&M team a time or two this year and just wanted to get your thoughts on this matchup. Man, I'm former, particularly from a coach's, a former coach's, you know, ah. viewpoint. Yeah. Well, from, from a coach's perspective, man, you watch A&M, they've been a little up and down uh, when you start talking about, um, you know, consistent play. But one thing that has been consistent over the last, I want to say, three or four games 
is that defensive front seven, man. They, they've really dominated uh, in a lot of areas. I want to say, you know, they've had um, 28, 28 sacks or 27, no, 14, 21 sacks in the last um, – you know, three or four games, so they've really been getting after the front. I think they have one of the best front fours in college football, you know, bar none. Uh, they roll those guys in there. Um, uh, they got about eight guys that they can roll in there and still get a consistent pass rush and stop the run. Uh, where they've been a little inconsistent is on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, they, they, they move the ball up and down the field well. They kind of sputtered out in the red zone a little bit. And I'm imagining that was probably been a big emphasis in practice because they haven't had problems moving the ball, uh, but they have had problems in the red zone. They kicked a few field goals when they probably uh, should have scored touchdowns. And some of it was self-inflicted with penalties. I mean, I think against Bama, you get down inside the five or inside the three with, um, and then you get an offsides penalty, and then you get backed up, and then you end up having to kick a field goal. So, you know, some of those things are self-inflicted, but I do think, you know, switching from Connor to Max um, after the, the injury to Connor, uh, there's a there's a little different skill set back there. I could pass her sitting there and, and try to, you know, read it out and throw the balls. Connor makes a few more, made a few more off-schedule throws and gets up and moves around in the pocket really well. So it's going to be a chess match. I think uh, Tennessee gets the ball out really quick. So it's going to challenge that pass rush to get there. But by the same token, those guys have been cooking the last uh, couple of weeks. So it's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see if Texas A&M can get the run game going. I know Tennessee, you know, people think they're a pass team, but they really want to run the football. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, 231 yards a game averages Tennessee on the ground. A really – dynamic backfield with Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, and Dylan Sampson. So it is, it's going to be a, a, a test for both the offensive line of Tennessee and the defensive front seven for Texas A&M on Saturday. And it's probably going to be one of the more in, you know, intriguing matchups throughout the day because of that, you know, for, for guys like, you know, uh, for, for those of us who, who really watch the game for things outside of what's going on with the football, uh, it, it will be a fun game to watch, and I'm excited about it. So, Coach, as you you know, as you talk about that Texas A&M offense, they've got some struggles mainly because, well, uh, they lost their quarterback. But Max Johnson is is not a bad backup. If you if if you had to pick a backup in the SEC, Max Johnson's a pretty good one to have, and he gives you a chance to win. Uh, so, how does you know how does Max? give Texas A&M an opportunity to, you know, to get a win in, on the road in the SEC? Well, well, number one, I think he's got to protect the football. I think, you know, we had a fumble last week, and, you know, we came right out of the half up, I think, 17-10, and we throw a pick six on the, probably the second play after halftime. And you can't turn the ball over against top ten football team, let alone Alabama. And – uh you know, expect to win. I think we had a couple of turnovers in that game. But um, I think, you know, Max has to get the ball out of his hands a little quicker. I think Coach Petrino will probably um, figure out some things to, to get that going and, uh, you know, just simplify it a little bit for him. I, and, and, again, that that the best pass defense is a pass rush. 
And I think Alabama's pass rush affected him tremendously in the second half of that game. They were they physically dominated up front in the second half of the football game last week. And, uh, you know, uh, Texas A&M has a really good freshman uh, tackle, uh, Chase Besantes, on that right side over there. And I think he gave up a big safety in the end zone. But uh, the kid has been playing well. But when you put him up against those two, you know, outside back at the end time, you're asking a tall task if you're not sliding or chipping and helping him out. So I think, you know, get the ball out of the hands uh, of Max really quick because Anais Williams, uh, uh, Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, um, you know, those guys, they really know what to do with the ball when they get their hands on it. So I think, you know, kind of like Coach Petrino said, you know, when he first got the job, feed the studs and get it to him quick and let him do work uh, with the ball in their hands. Former Tennessee State football coach Rod Reed joining us here on Main Street Sports today as we take a look at Texas A&M heading into this 2.30 matchup tomorrow on CBS at Neyland Stadium against, what, 19th ranked Tennessee? Is that right? I believe so. Um, and, and Rod, I, I think you kind of answered my question. Um, when you're a coach, you're, you're always a coach, whether you're a parent or not. You... you certainly look at Marcel's team through a coach's lenses, but um, what's it like being a parent at, at this level? Man, I'll tell you what, it, it's been a, a great experience. Uh, you know, being in, at Calfield last week with 108,000 people in the stands, and I'm sure it's going to be a, a pretty similar atmosphere uh, tomorrow at UT, although I won't be able to be at that one. Um, I think that um, uh, I'm, I'm having a blast, man, you know, just watching it and being able to communicate with him. Oh, pretty much. I think I call him a little bit too much. He gets tired of me just asking him, you know, how practice has been and this and that. And, you know, when Connor went down and moved from the scout team up to, you know, the regular team, then he goes back down and he's Neil Rowe uh, from Alabama week and things like that. But he's enjoying it, man. He's having a good time. Uh, I think the coaches really, really like him. Uh, you know, a lot of the players, you know, they speak really highly of him, not only as a player, but as a person. And that's one of the most important things for me, uh, for, for him to be seen as a, a great person and a leader. So uh, I think uh, when this time comes, you know, I think he'll be ready for the opportunity and look out. <laughs> I was fascinated knowing, you know, Marcel's background, three sports standout, even even some baseball earlier in his high school career and, and watching him develop as an athlete and as a young man, wondering what he was going to wind up, you know, choosing to pursue at the next level. But with a football coach dad, I was always kind of fascinated by the entire recruiting process. You haven't been in so many folks' living rooms during your career. You know, those guys coming into your place and and you kind of being able to cut through the BS, I imagine. <laughs> I mean, um, do you feel like they took a different approach with Marcel and with the Reed family than they may have with some other kids, given your background? No, I mean, you know, it was pretty much kind of status quo. You know, a lot of it, you know, with the home visits and things of that nature, uh, you know, they, they came in and, you know, talked about things that were important to them and asked him about things that were important to him and us as a family. And uh, I just think, you know, toward the end there 
uh, you know, as you know, Marcel was committed to Ole Miss for a little while. And I think that um, at the end, you know, it came down to what was going to be best for him. There's a lot of hearsay going on with, with the other program over there. And, you know, at the quarterback position is so particular. You know, you can't be up on the air on who your coach is going to be or, you know, uh, what what system is going to be run and where you're going to fit. So we it came down to uh, Damian Craig and Jimbo Frisch and Kevin Mayshack was a recruiting coordinator uh, at A&M at the time. And they did a really good job, you know, closing the deal. Uh, Coach Freeze did a good job, you know, uh, with, with the short time we had an opportunity to try to get involved with Auburn. Uh, so it was a lot of people, man. Uh, Jeff Levy at Oklahoma, you know, a lot of good recruiters out there, a lot of people that, that impressed me as a head coach to see how they handled Marcel in this process. Kevin Mayshack. It's a familiar name. Yeah. Mayshack's my guy. <laughs> Worked for you, didn't he? He did. He did. He was my matter of fact, you know, Mayshack was uh he was a GA when I was uh just a, a coordinator. And uh, but he was a guy that was always a student at a game. You know, he wanted to learn about football, you know, even when I was coaching and he was in school when I would go down in December in Miami. He wanted to tag along and, you know, see how to recruit and, you know, what was being said and, you know, the kind of notes that you took. So he was always a student of it. And I think he's found his niche, you know, in this, in, uh, this recruiting deal. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned the, you know, kind of the offense and the style of play being up in the air obviously didn't, didn't necessarily expect Bobby Petrino to come in and, and be the offensive coordinator when, when he decided to go to Texas A&M. But, but what's, what's that been like for him, you know, learning under guys like Jimbo Fisher, who's won a national championship, and Bobby Petrino, who's coached at the, in the National Football League? That, that has to be a, just a, a very uh, huge learning process. You know, I I, uh, I often ask him, I think, you know, early on when he first got there, you know, obviously, you know, we would have liked to have gotten him there in the spring, but the private school system here in Nashville doesn't allow uh, men to graduate, young men to graduate in December to be a part of that, uh, you know, spring ball. would love to see him go through spring ball, but I think when he got there in the, the summer, um, uh, he picked it up pretty good. And, I, you know, there, there's a couple of podcasts. I think Tex Ags and Billy Lucci down there, uh, with Texas A&M, they do a podcast just about every day. Uh, they cover A&M football, and, you know, they were saying that they were really impressed on how well he picked up on the offense and how sharp he was in the field room and how well he threw the ball. And those were things that really didn't surprise me because, you know, he kind of understands a little bit of football. Uh, but being under Petrino and uh, Coach Fisher, who are known for developing quarterbacks, I think it's, it's been great for him. I think he's learned a lot. And I think, you know, uh, when you get a little meat on his bones, I think he's going to be a really good player for him. What's he weighing right now, Rod? Well, he's about 12 pounds heavier than he was when he left here. So they're doing, they doing something right. He's about in between 180 and 183 on a daily basis. Yeah, you, you need to probably double that to be ready for the rigors of the Southeastern Conference, I guess. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you really got to depend on that offensive line to keep you clean, right? Yeah, that, that too. And you know, Marcel's pretty elusive, so he he doesn't take a 
he hadn't to this point taken a lot of a lot of solid hits, you know, but you know, the speed of the game is much faster. But I think, you know, I, I really think, and I told him this, man, if if uh if you're gonna just be down there and you you know, even though you're up with the A team and all that and you're just standing around, go get some work on the scout team. You know, there's no better work to be able to get for a quarterback to go down there and see a fastball look every day and be able to throw against A and M's D line and their DBs and you know, linebackers every day and complete passes and get them better. Uh, that that's going to help you out in the future. So uh, that's kind of what he's been doing a little bit. Um, you know, although he's one of the guys that's on deck right now, if something were to happen to Max, but, uh, you know, I'm praying that Max, you know, kind of stays healthy and stays in there because uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't really want him to lose that red shirt year, but, you know, who knows, man, whatever happens, happens this football. Uh, you know, he got still got a long season to go, but, you know, hopefully Max can stay upright and do a really good job for us. Rod Reed joining us here at Tiger Pride 53 on Twitter and talking a little bit about Texas A&M Tennessee. They'll play tomorrow at 2.30 on CBS. You might want to find wherever they put their games in the event that Georgia Vanderbilt is still ongoing, or they may move Georgia Vanderbilt at that point. <laughs> Just depends on what it looks like. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but but coach, man, we really appreciate you taking some time with us. We know that you guys you're out on a family adventure right now. We appreciate you, you know, uh, getting with us for a few minutes and talking a little ball. Coach, you still there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I don't know what okay. happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm dropping. So. <laughs> right, yeah. So, again, with, with that said, yeah, we, we, we appreciate you taking some time with us, man, and we'll let you get back to um, the family the family excursion that you're in the midst of. But uh, thanks again for, for taking a few minutes with us. Hey, man, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Tell Marcel we said good luck and – Enjoy that, that freshman year. When we come back, we'll talk a little baseball. Plenty of it to talk about. So stick around. Main Street Sports today on this Friday the 13th edition returns in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. October 13, 1999, two-run homers by Brian Jordan and Eddie Perez in the sixth inning provided all the offense the Braves would need to take a 2-0 lead in the NLCS with a 4-3 Game 2 victory over the visiting Mets. Kevin Millwood picked up the victory with John Smoltz pitching a scoreless ninth inning for the save in his first ever relief appearance. That was this day in Braves history. Kevin Millwood. That's a good one. Forget forget how good he was for a long time. Well, and, you know, as a 3-4 kind of guy. Yeah, he was consistent. Mm -hmm. And you'll take that. Uh, He he was consistent for a a long, long time. And, man, that's that's a great name. Hadn't heard that one in a while. Not, however, a great night for (sighs) the Atlanta Braves as they fall in – in game four to the Philadelphia Phillies, three to one in yet another fantastic outing from Spencer Strider wasted in this series. Uh, viewer Gary Lloyd from down in Alabama, please don't discuss, skip this segment. <laughs> we understand. Yeah. Uh, trust me. It, it pains us as much as it does you, Gary. Uh, yeah, it, we, it really does. Yeah. It's it's frustrating, and you know what? At this point, it's basketball season. So. Oh, no, come on now, come on now. <laughs> I got to wipe my tears. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're we're still for the. Hey, put it over a helmet. It yeah. is basketball season. But yeah, it is in fact basketball season. So. No, you know, um, <laughs> Jeff Schultz of the of the Athletic wrote an article saying that. And, and let me preface this by saying anybody that does not want to discuss the playoff format as a factor, a factor, a factor That's all in the Braves' demise 
is strictly doing so so that they don't so that they don't get accused of whining. That's correct. I'm not saying it's the reason. That's correct. Because again, Houston has figured something out. Now, you know, that makes me wonder, does Major League Baseball really want to hold up Houston as exhibit A for something? Given how, their background? How has Houston figured mm-hmm. it out is the question. Mm-hmm. I at some point don't you have to ask that? I, I'm given I'm asking past it now. <laughs> I'm asking it right now. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I love Dusty Baker, but, but you know, this they, is they, this is not a franchise that has done everything on the up and up all the time. So if you want to hold them up as the reason that the playoff format is not flawed, do so at your own peril. Yeah. But again, it's a fact. It is a factor. It may not be the factor. And and I'm willing to say I, I accept that. But Jeff Schultz says it's not the playoff format. This this Braves team needs to make a change. Okay. What's, what's the change? What change? What change does it What need needs to, to be changed? Uh, so Because, again, over 162 games, this team was the best team in baseball. And that has to mean something. And it does to me. Like, listen, I'm, I'm not going to, to just forget all of the great things that happened this season because it was a phenomenal ride. It was. But, I mean, from, from what? From before the All-Star game, we were saying that nothing that this team does matters if they don't win a World Series. And I still feel that way. I mean, I'm not going to say that this this season was a failure per se, but clearly it didn't end well, the way we wanted it here's, to. Here's the thing. I think you have to look at the regular season and the postseason as two completely separate different things. And the reason you have to do that is because of the format that it's being played in. Well, I mean, so here's my question. Jeff Schultz's vague statement notwithstanding how do you address this team to make it better for the postseason? I have, well, the question that I posed in the tweet that, that, that I put out was what went wrong? And so how, what, what does this team need to change? I can tell you, it needs one thing. It needs, and, and I don't mean this as a player. I mean, this as a mentality. It needs Jock Peterson. <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't need Jock Peterson. It just needs the well, Jock well, Peterson. Why not? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying it doesn't have to be Jock. It can be anyone who has that. Well, same I mean, you have to you have to identify that person though. This team forgot how to have fun. They went into this series tight. They went into it trying to. Pr- they were pressing. They well, were did trying. they? But did they go into it tight because they were the best team in yes. baseball? Yes. They were, they, they were, it wasn't necessarily playing not to lose, but they weren't just saying, screw it. Let's go play baseball and have fun. <laughs> we are and those. Yeah. yeah. I, if you looked at any point, if you looked at the beginning, you know, the opening segments of the show where anytime they were showing Ronald Acuna, almost never a smile on his face. That's a problem. If Ronald's not having fun, Ronald has issues, and Ronald Acuna Jr. had issues in this series because he simply felt like he had to be the MVP. 
rather than just being Ronald Acuna Jr. who happened to be the MVP. Does that make sense? That makes that makes perfectly okay. good sense. <clears throat> There's been a lot of fingers pointed on social media. Everything comes back to the Braves offense because pitching outside did its job. Of, outside of game three, but and that, that game just got away. Okay, but, but go ahead. Um, Kevin Pillar has to score on that wild pitch last night. I understand his thought process, though. Yeah, but look, what, I, I no, understand I, I, it. There's there, what is it they say? There's three types of people: those that make things happen, those that watch things happen, and those that wonder what happened. Bryce Harper makes things happen. In that second game, he decided this ball is off the fence. I'm going to score and tie the game. It didn't work. But he's trying to make a play. Kevin Pillar on a ball that's off the left-hand batter's box and scoots away from Real Muto doesn't get a good read. If he scores there, it's a one-run one game, and everything changes. He's playing it safe. Well, I, I think he was trying not to take the bat out of Ronnie's hands. Because but, he, he, one, he, one of two things, things happens. One, he's out. Mm -hmm. Two, Everybody scores, moves up, and they walk, and they walk Ronnie oh, to, to face Ozzy Albies, who subsequently... But, I mean, again, I mean, it's... In this offense, in this offense, should you be concerned with taking the bat out of somebody's hand? I mean, he's your MVP. And listen, I, hey, I don't know if you've seen this video or not, but I, uh, yes. you know I'm a conspiracy yes. theorist, and oh. you, if you don't think that I'm, if I'm con, that I'm conspiracy theorizing over the weighted ball, you know I am. Why did he need three balls? Why did he need three different balls? And and how come the first ball he got after they brought the new ones out there was fine? How come that one was good and none of the others were? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not, not saying. I'm just saying. There you go. Listen, Craig, Craig Kimbrell, love the guy. He's trying to win a ball. Braves man. legend. Yeah. Trying to win a ring. I ain't mad at him. Yeah. Okay. Um, but look. <laughs> I just, I feel like even if he does score... It's still a what-if moment. Yes, it changes the dynamic of the ninth inning because then all you need is a deep fly ball or a fly ball deep enough to score Marcelo Zuna from third to tie it, and who knows what happens. Of course, we popped up twice, and Vaughn Grissom may or may not have swung. We'll, we'll Vaughn Grissom know. may or may not have gotten three strikes. No, he definitely did not get three strikes because the first one was not. I don't care what scorecard tells you. Mm -hmm. The first one was not a strike. Um, I just feel like there are times that you can't necessarily afford to play it safe. I know you're not supposed to make third out at home plate. I get that. And it's Kevin Pillar. But he... He's got to read that. And, I mean, you see the lead he had. Yeah, he had a pretty good lead. I mean, he had a good secondary. you got to see that. you got to read that. you got to make that, I think. Well, it's real mucho, though. 
and Real Muto is very, very good behind the plate. So I can understand not thinking it's going to get away from JT Real Muto. I mean, it got away, but I, who's to say that, you know, he doesn't shoulder it back in front of him and then, and then you're all hung out to dry, which I don't know who was on first base, but um, was it Forrest Wall? Uh, no, Forrest was on second. Whoever was on first base should have been out because they were at second base when Real Muto picked up the ball at Blue Clay. It was almost so. Was it Arcio? I think it, no, I think it might have been Nicky Lopez. Yeah, because it was Nicky Lopez. Yeah, because um, Wall came in for Arcio. Right. And he was at second. So, so yeah. Anyway, I'll say this and understand that I have been in AA We Trust from day one, but I was also in J-Rob We Trust for a long time too. Some of this has to be on Alex Anthopoulos. What specifically? Putting Charlie Morton on the injured list was ridiculously stupid. Yeah. That may have been the worst general managerial move he's ever made. Yeah. Uh, zero reason to do it. You didn't need to play. You could have played a man down the, the last two weeks of the season with zero, no reason not to. Yeah. Knowing you were going to need it. All right. And Jesse Chavez not being on the postseason roster was criminal. And here's the thing. We talked about Jock Peterson. One of the guys who would have helped, Guillermo Heredia. I know that sounds stupid. <laughs> I know it sounds no, stupid. It but you don't think no, that guy running, running around with swords in the dugout with a, a panda head if we, want, if we needed one? I mean, he would have done whatever it took to keep that team loose and light. That's the kind of guy we didn't have in the dugout. Because the leader of the team in this series vocally and even visually was Spencer Strider. He was the one yelling at the umpire in, in game two. He was the one who, who kind of, you know, took the, the I'm going to get this done by God attitude. Yeah. He was the only one doing that, but it was a, it was the, it was a, an, it was an aggressive rather than a lighthearted and fun. And so that is an issue with this team. This team needed well, and, somebody and, to make them have fun. And that has historically been an issue with this team. Sure. Is that business-like business approach. And, you know, when you well, had, teams when you had Sandoval, when you had Sandoval a few years ago, when you had Heredia, when you had that looseness, when you had Jock Peterson, that was when... Things started to turn a little bit in spite of Freddie and Dansby. So it'll be interesting to see what moves get made over the offseason to try to address well, something's fun and loose. Something's got to happen with the with the the rotation as well as Kyle Wright's out for the year. Yeah, shoulder um, surgery yesterday, um, Wednesday. So Kyle Wright's out for the year. You're, you'll get freed. You may have Morton if he decides not to hang it up. He may decide to hang it up. I don't where, know. Um, where is he in Anderson? Uh, well, he, he had the surgery. So, But when did he if, have it? I mean, how it was early that? last year. He, he could be back. And if he is after surgery, he may be back to Ian Anderson. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I mean, there, there are options on this team, but there's not a, there's not a third guy 
unless Charlie Morton says, I'm back. Well, that's now, Elder. Now, uh, I mean, look, I, I, I want Bryce to do well. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, he would be a very good fourth or fifth guy. I need a third guy. And if it's not Morton, we got to go get somebody. And I well, think and and Morton's option is twenty million. He might have to come off of that for it to be Morton. No, I don't think so. I think twenty million is fine. I think they were they were happy to pay it this year and would be happy to pay it again based off what he gave you. Worth it. Um, I know we have. I have a question. Or what is Rob Manfred's ultimate goal? <clears throat> I have a theory on what his ultimate goal is. Uh, I want. Does he want to be the NFL? I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what his ultimate goal is, but right now we're gonna take a break, mm -hmm. get to Terry on the other side of that before we go to college football. I'm gonna give you one more thing to think about in Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. Take a quick break, Terry McCormick, right after this with your Titans update on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. <laughs> Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Well, I heard it twice, and I didn't know what was going on. Terry McCormick with your Daily Titans update. What's up, Terry? How are you guys? Uh, the Titans have arrived over in London, and so your Zen Sports Titans report today is all about their uh, travel over there and their practice. Uh, I saw that Jim Wyatt uh, of the team website had put out a video of Ryan Tannehill meeting with the media, and... Uh, I'm going to tell you, Ryan looked a little bit like he'd pulled an all-nighter studying for a test <laughs> from being on that plane uh, all the way over to London. But uh, Mike Vrabel said that it was a good practice. They got done what they needed to do. The biggest concern, uh, other than you know adjusting to the time and things like that, is the fact that uh, Tier Tardy is going to be questionable and so is Aaron Brewer, your starting center. So there's a key guy in the middle on each side of the ball that you got to wonder if they're going to be able to give it a go. And if they are, uh, how effective they're going to be. The good news is Jeffrey Simmons does not have an injury designation. So he's expected to suit up with that shoulder. And then, of course, uh, yesterday, as the, uh, the in injury report came out uh, shortly after uh, I was on with you guys and uh, Traylon Burks, 
Elijah Molden, Luke Gifford all ruled out. They didn't even get to make the trip over. So interesting as the Titans get ready for the Ravens, uh, you know, still battling some key injuries on, on several different fronts. And that's got to be tough. We're going to London. You're staying home. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And we get to go? Yeah, come on. That's, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, and the, the worst part of it, guys, is the training staff obviously has to go over to London yeah, so what to do they do? Uh, take care of the guys who are there and playing in the game. So you don't even really get to do your rehab work with the trainers and the doctors because they're they're in London with the team. So you're just basically got a weekend to yourself. I feel like St. Thomas probably has somebody that they can go see if necessary, sure. but, but yeah, they, they probably, you know, Hey, look, rest is not necessarily a bad thing either. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm most intrigued about is the fact that they practice immediately after getting there. And I wonder if that's not kind of genius in you, you were just six hours on the plane get off don't let jet lag set in let's get it done then go sleep for 12 hours <laughs> you don't have to well, get up and practice gonna give them, he was actually going to give them a little bit of time to go sightsee and do whatever they wanted to do they're going to be turning in by eight o'clock i think it is so then they're going to get a good night's sleep catch up on all that and then I have to walk through tomorrow and then be on what I guess would be a normal schedule in time for the game, which is 8.30 in the morning here on Sunday, but it's 2.30 in the afternoon when it kicks off over there. Yeah. 2.30 in the afternoon sounds good. Yeah, 2.30 in the afternoon sounds good. It sounds a lot better than 8.30, 830 in the morning. morning. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Terry, we appreciate it. Tell us about Zen Sports. All right. Glad to tell you about Zen Sports. Zen Sports is the new sportsbook in Tennessee. They're changing the bonus game for the better. Zen Sports is also revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Earn a 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. a dragon here. I saw it. What, what, no, no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. <gasps> See that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a dragon. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists 
and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Friday the 13th edition here as we get you ready for the weekend of sports ahead college football pro football all coming your way but before we get into it let me go back to Major League Baseball because I do have a theory on what Rob Manfred's ultimate goal is and I actually suggested it earlier this week Teresa Walker has suggested it Shortening the season. And he wants it to be our idea. I think you're giving Rob Manford way too much credit. Maybe. But this guy doesn't like baseball. No. No. He wants less baseball. Unless it's in the playoffs, apparently. Well, he wants less baseball in the playoffs, too. I mean, best of five. Because, I mean, you could... Again, still we, seven games. We had so this yeah. discussion. You could, could play, you could play a best of seven yeah. all the way through. I, and that might, you know, offset the bye. I don't know. Here's some, I don't think it would have offset this bye. Well, yeah. Here's here's something way out of the box. You got six teams from each league, three division champions, three wild cards. Okay. What if the number one seed had the option of not taking the bye? Of playing the number six? And two and three get buys. Two has to take it. Okay. I'd give two. If, the if if one no, if one decides it wants to play to keep its timing and to, you know, sell those tickets. Well like then that. it well then it keeps your it keeps teams like the Braves, even though that even though they ended up being the number one overall seed from coasting the last month of the year too. Which we talked about that. We talked about how this team, these games don't matter. They hadn't had anything to play for in a month. Probably. And they got lax. Maybe I mean, see. even that trip to Miami. You, was, could, you could see it. It was, just, it was just going through the motions. Let's just get done and get Ho-ho. to the playoffs. And, and take and, another week off. And instead, I, I, look, I'm, I mean, does that incentivize the number one seed a little bit? I think it does. Or, or reward the number one seed a little bit? If they feel like they need the time off, they can take it. If they feel like they'd rather play, they can play. Two and three get the buys. It will, and um, that would certainly be an, an interesting way to do it. I don't know. But it feels like if anybody's paying attention, and if anybody wants to address it, it feels like something needs to be done. There are options. I just feel like that's his ultimate plan. 
I think his ultimate plan is to shorten the regular get, season. Get enough baseball fans so angry about the postseason that they say, well, let's shorten the regular season and play a longer postseason. And um, like I said, I, he, he just doesn't strike me as being that type of mastermind, but I mean, maybe. <laughs> Look, I, I've been maybe. fooled before. I'm, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my theory. Uh, whether it's holds water or not, I'm, I'm, I don't know, don't care. <laughs> but because I can't stop it, even if it is his. No. His, <laughs> oh, man. My. My my good friend and friend of the show, Matt Mitchell, the uh, the the SEC roll call guy, said last night: replace umpires with computers. Doesn't have to be even to be a good one. Just like an O2 gateway. Damn. <laughs> he was he was frustrated last night, as as we all were. But, <laughs> but boy, tough tough night. Although Ump Scorecard says that the guy had a pretty good game. As a matter of fact didn't think any of the ninth inning calls against the Braves were incorrect. Did it look at the Von Grissom at that? Apparently it did. And apparently we were all wrong. Although the ball was six inches inside. Go figure. So I'm not sure how much, uh, uh, I'm not sure how much stock you can put into, and it's not um, scorecards fault, but, they're using data from Major League Baseball. So. <laughs> Reminds me of when I was taking computer programming classes in, at MTSU. G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. That's right. Yeah. So, so there you go. All right. Uh, let's go into a little college football because the Associated Press handed out a, uh, some, some midseason awards. Yes, was it yesterday or earlier this week at some point? It was Wednesday, I believe it was. So let's let's take a look at their SEC midseason honorees uh, from is it Zenor John Zenor? I think it's Zenor. I can't. I and former AL dot com guy, but I never mm -hmm. I never asked him how to say his name. Uh, <laughs> as long as you could spell it, you know. uh, yeah, I, I I spelled it fine, but. Jaden Daniels, offensive player of the year, and Alabama linebacker Dallas Turner are offensive and defensive players of the year to this point. Daniels, um, they kind of went a little co-defensive player with um, Mississippi State linebacker Jet Johnson. Okay. Um, I mean. Jaden Daniels has thrown for 1969, 19 touchdowns, two picks, ran for 422, and four touchdowns. And that sounds fantastic, but well, that they also scored 70 points against Grambling. That so. 422 rushing yards is eighth in the league. For any position. Yeah. So. I don't I mean. Second in FBS in passing efficiency and total offense, third in passing yards. Averaging nearly 400. I'm sorry, averaging nearly 400 total yards a game. But um, yeah, I mean, how how to if it's not him, who is it? Oh, I, becomes a question. Certainly, be him. I don't yeah. see any reason why it wouldn't be. I mean, he's thrown for 
He, he only threw one touchdown against Florida State, but that was a that was an outlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, five against Grambling, two against Mississippi State. He didn't need to throw. He completed thirty passes in that game, and only two of them for touchdowns. That's wild. <laughs> Uh, four touchdowns against Arkansas, four against Ole Miss, and three against Missouri. And so, I mean, yeah, this is a guy who's who's certainly been the most uh, impactful offensive player in the league. I don't think there's any question there. And defensively, I don't think there's any question. I, I, I'm surprised that there are two guys on this list because, to me, Dallas Turner has been the, the most valuable player on defense in the league. Well, Jet Johnson – has 66 total tackles, six and a half for loss, four sacks, and he's had 14 tackles in each of Mississippi State's three SEC games. Yeah, no, I understand. Like the number, the numbers are great. The numbers are there, but as far as and and I guess Player of the Year isn't necessarily most valuable. But to me, Dallas Turner is by far the most valuable player on Alabama's team, and and at this point, their defense has carried them to several wins and I, I just feel like you know six and a half sacks and has done nothing but just again menace opposing quarterbacks to this point so. six and a half sacks eight hurries nine tackles for loss and two forced fumbles yeah and and he's he's an edge guy I mean that's all he really does it's, it's what he's supposed to do is get to the quarterback and he does that at yeah, a, he does a, at a higher clip than anybody else in the southeastern conference but hey I mean, look Clearly, Jet Johnson has had a heck of a year. Six and a half tackles for losses, just as good, technically. I mean, a sack is just a tackle for loss. Right. (laughs) It just happens to be on the quarterback. Yes. So, um, Caleb Downs, the Alabama safety, is uh, midseason freshman of the year. I'm telling you, man. A true freshman coming in, and and you mentioned – Kool-Aid McKinstry and some other guys who have done it, but, and that, to me, coming in and starting as a true freshman in the defensive secondary for a defensive secondary coach like Nick Saban, that's just off the charts for me. You know what? I would love, let me see if I can find out, um, how many freshmen have started? Because to me, it feels like there have actually been a lot of them. Really? But I wonder if it's because he's so good at identifying great guys that can. Backs. There you go. And and he's able to, you know, when he goes into a defensive back's home, it it's usually between him and LSU, and he can he can kind of make it happen. Uh, I I don't know. I, I there I have plenty of friends who could probably tell me off the, <coughs> off the top of their head. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they just get five-star after five-star defensive backs, man. And and I feel like that's one of the reasons why you see it. I mean, you could go back to uh, Drake Kirkpatrick played as a freshman. I mean, there just seems like there's been a lot of them. And did, that's he play, we, did he play week one? I think so. Dre, Dre was – Dre was Dre. I mean, he was an NFL caliber guy from mm-hmm. day one. But and there aren't a lot of those guys out there. But but it, I wonder if he's just really good at identifying guys who are NFL level talents in high school. Mm-hmm. And then of course you get them for a summer, and all you have to really do is teach them your scheme and 
you don't have to worry about you know trying to change their mechanics or anything to get them better faster stronger etc and nick saban is the he's definitely the goat in recruiting mm -hmm. there's no question there first year transfer yeah you know i, I think this is kind of unfortunate but ray davis <laughs> the <clears throat> transfer from vanderbilt to kentucky leads the sec in rushing and scoring, and scoring. but you know 7.2 yards a carry for 653 yards eight scores on the ground 12 total touchdowns dude is just insane unreal 280 yards four touchdowns in the win against florida i mean that's it's it's unfortunate for vanderbilt that he's not there but he certainly couldn't have done up in Lexington. So most surprising team, I don't, I guess this is positively surprising. Well, no, let's not forget Luther Burden III is most surprising player mm -hmm. who has certainly been the most surprising player. I think the dude had, dude was all Chris League talked about. Just about. I mean, when we talked about them before Vanderbilt, he has been fantastic. 54 catches, 793, and five touchdowns. Uh, even for a five-star recruit, you didn't expect that, particularly because he was at Missouri. Well, yeah, and and you didn't expect that because you weren't necessarily sold on who was going to be throwing it to him. Yeah. And Brady Cook's done a heck of a job. He has, in fact. Um, now, most surprising team is also Missouri because they're five and one after their win over Kansas State. They jumped into the rankings, and their ten point loss to LSU at home at home um, gave them their first loss. But I don't think anybody expected Missouri to be five and one at this point in the season. I certainly did not. No. no. Now, how many games they win from here on out, Mo? Hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, go winless, but they've got some, they've got a tough schedule, tough road to hoe uh, the rest of the way does Missouri. Starting with tomorrow's trip to 24th ranked Kentucky. It's interesting because, you know, you kind of think, well, uh, and to me, this is probably one of the better matchups of the of the week. And then two really good offenses. Um, I'm not sure that Missouri can stop Ray Davis, but I don't think that Kentucky can stop Luther Burden and Brady Cook. So, and, and uh, well, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to ding Missouri for not being able to stop sure. Ray Davis because nobody else nobody has else either. Has well, outside of Georgia. Well, and there you go. But yeah, then they got South Carolina at home before they go to Georgia, Tennessee at home, Florida, and Arkansas. And this is an eight-win team, probably. I mean, I don't see any reason why they can't beat Florida. I don't, I don't really see any reason why they can't beat Arkansas. That's a rivalry game, though, and it's a little harder to predict. And it's I on the road. I, I don't. They. I would think they should beat South Carolina. At home. In Como. Yeah. You'd think. 
So, I, I mean, I feel like this is a, you know, eight, eight wins. Seven probably. to nine. Yeah, seven to nine. I think nine is their ceiling for sure. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is a good football team. So, yeah, quite surprising that they have been that good. Disappointing team, Mo. Hmm. South Carolina has been named the most disappointing team by the Associated Press. They came into the season with high expectations, obviously beat, beating um, Clemson last year to end the season. They finished the year ranked 23rd, but they're two and three. Now, their three losses have been to 12th-ranked North Carolina, top-ranked Georgia, and 19th-ranked Tennessee. So it's almost like, yeah, at some point you've got to win those games, mm -hmm. but you also can't feel too bad in year two of Shane Beamer for losing to teams like <coughs> North Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee, especially Tennessee on the road. And so they've got Florida tomorrow in Columbia before they go to Como. They should. They need to win that game. They, yeah. I think that that's a game that Shane Beamer needs to win, particularly at home, because it's at home. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the reason it's a, it's almost must win because it's at home, and because their next two games are at Missouri and at Texas A and M. Yeah, you need to get that one just to make your, you give yourself a little confidence going into two really tough environments. Then they come back home. Is that when they – oh, Jacksonville State, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Battle of the Gamecocks. And then they've got Vanderbilt at Williams-Brice the second weekend in November. Finish up – wow. Their last four games are at home. Okay. Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. And all four of those are winnable games because they're at home. They should be. I mean, I mean I, if, if you have made the improvements that well, they beat South Carolina thinks yeah. they've made under Shane Beamer. And they beat yeah. Kentucky last year on the road. So what makes you think they wouldn't beat them at home at Williams-Brice? And they have that extra motivation of we don't put sunglasses on and all that crap that Stoops talked. So... Mm. Well, here it is, the hottest seat, mm. as I have said. <laughs> Didn't expect it. At the beginning of the year, who was on the hottest seat? Mm. Jimbo Fisher, right? Well, yeah. Uh, and so now the hottest seat in the SEC, according to the Associated Press and to Chris Yow, is Arkansas <laughs> coach Sam Pittman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is 21-21 and 21 at Arkansas. Past that, but what are they doing? They're two. Are they two and three? They are. They're zero and three in the SEC. That's what I'm. That's what I know. Two and four, because they also lost to BYU, right? That's right. They did. They beat Western Carolina and Kent State and have not won since. Lost at home to BYU. Lost at LSU, 34-31. Lost in Arlington to A&M. Lost last week at Ole Miss. Go to Alabama this weekend. Two and five. 
Not good. Then they've got, I don't know if they make a bowl. After tomorrow against Alabama, they are at home against Mississippi State. They're at Florida. They're at home against Auburn. They're at home against Florida International. And they're at home against Missouri. So they're going to have to win a game that they're not supposed to win. I think Auburn is the, the crux of their bowl hopes. Well, I mean, again, a loss to Alabama puts them at two and five. Right. They've got to win four of that last five. And I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's four wins. I in think there. they can beat Florida. I think they but, can, I think they have to beat Auburn for it to make sense. I, and then, I mean, Missouri is a toss up. You said, I think as it's Mississippi at home, state, Mississippi State is a toss-up because it's on the road, remember? No, it's, oh, it's at Fayetteville. It's at home? Okay, well, then I think Arkansas gets the – but they're, even still, they're going to have to win some they, games. they, they got to win four of their last five. Yeah, I'm not sure they can do that. I'm just not. Yeah. So, And if Arkansas isn't at least going to bowl games, at least. Yeah. And, and, and a six-win season sends you to Birmingham, most likely. Yeah. That's, that's not ideal. No. So, yeah, it, it might be getting a little warm for Coach Pittman. That'd be unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But, I mean, they've had the talent, at least skill-wise, they've had the talent. Well, it would be – it'd be a shame to waste K.J. Jefferson. And we're, we're big KJ Jefferson. And honestly, I feel like they have mm -hmm. the last two years. So, Biggest injury of the year to this point, Connor Wegman of Texas A&M. I don't think there's a, any question there. Yeah. I, I mean. But again, as, as we said earlier, and as Rodriguez kind of alluded to when we had him on earlier today, Max Johnson has certainly not hurt them. No, he's not been bad. Outside of the pick six to Bama. Again, it's Bama. Yeah. So. I mean, who's to say that Wegman wouldn't have thrown a pick six? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Dallas Turner on the edge, mm -hmm. watch out. So. All right. A couple other things before we get out of here and get to picks. The scheduling debate continues, uh, and apparently they are on a seven rotating one permanent opponent, eight-game schedule right now. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. That can't happen, Mo. One permanent. Seven rotate. And and what's the ninth? Or they're playing eight? Just eight. Seven rotate. Well, it's, it's, you would basically play everywhere every other year. Every four years, you would play everywhere. Everywhere. So, but you lose 16 natural rivalries. 16. That's one rivalry per team. Yeah, because I mean, Alabama, Auburn. Yeah. Florida, Georgia. Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You're going to yeah. lose Ole Miss, LSU. You're going to lose Alabama, Tennessee. You're going right. to lose Tennessee, Georgia. You're going to lose Georgia, Auburn. You're going to lose. Now, Here's the other option. There's a, there's the Especially six. since you're not playing divisions, right? Right, no divisions. You've got the 6-3 option, which is nine games, or the 5-3 option, 
Because over a span of 24 years, which I know that sounds crazy, but over a span of 24 years, you'd actually only lose one game on the road to somewhere. So you would still play everybody in a four-year span. You just wouldn't play home and home. Hmm. You would play everybody, but you wouldn't necessarily necessarily play everybody at home and on and the road. The road. Mm-hmm. You would just play everybody. I just don't know how. I don't know how it works not being a nine-game schedule. It's got to be nine. But now that Alabama's three permanent opponents are LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee, hmm. and Tennessee's three permanent opponents are Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and Alabama, things seem to be okay. <laughs> I suppose. Hmm. I just feel like it's got to be nine, but it, it certainly, you know, ups the ante on the uh, on the strength of schedule. And, and it will make everybody, everybody mad. Oh yeah. When, when ten SEC teams have the have ten of the top twenty-five toughest schedules, that's SEC bias. No, you you got, are the ones who wanted us to play this. We don't have Minnesota, Nebraska, Rutgers, Illinois, Northwestern, Northwestern uh, Purdue. Half the time, Indiana. <laughs> we don't have seven teams that suck. I'm sorry. And, and you asked for it. It's kind of that Nick Saban thing. Is this what you want? Okay. We need to get to this last point before we break. Steve Smith last night <laughs> on Thursday Night Football, he and Jerry Judy got a little beef. And they got a whole cow. Yeah. Steve Smith approached Jerry Judy to Broncos wide receiver and and says says his his intent was to apologize for calling him a jag <laughs> just another guy on a podcast a couple <laughs> years ago or maybe last year I don't know saying that he wasn't worth the number one pick that they spent on him now Steve Smith <laughs> made a living catching passes from Jake DeLone okay <laughs> So, miss me with any Russell Wilson slander, okay? (laughs) Jerry Judy's response, however, was I-D-F-W-Y. I don't mess with you. I don't mess with you. Except he didn't say mess. Ninja, as as. That's Steve Smith. Yes. Uh, he, said, he basically said, look, don't talk to me. I'll mess with you. And, and so Steve okay. tells the story on the air, but also apologized. For calling him a jag. For calling him a jag. Because, he, because that was his intent. Here's the So thing. even if you won't let me tell you directly, I'm going to say it. I, I apologize for calling you a jag. But here's the thing. And even if – I don't think that Jerry Judy is just another guy. I don't think that Denver's offense helps Jerry Judy in much because they have no run game to speak of. And so Russell Wilson's struggling because it's all on Russell's shoulders. And now 
hearing rumors that Jerry Judy may be headed to the Colts, and that scares the ever-loving Jesus out of me. Because Jerry Judy on the Colts, with their running attack, and Gardner Minshew slash Anthony Richardson could be dangerously good. That being said, Jerry Judy has more receiving yards than Steve Smith did through three years. Yeah. Jerry Judy has more receiving yards than Steve Smith did through three years. So maybe calm down, Steve. Mm. Maybe he, his career just needs to get Play a little out. longer. Because Steve wasn't that great in his first three years, okay? He was just kind of a guy. He was just a guy. <laughs> oh, I want you to tell Steve that. I mean, it's the facts. If you're sitting, if you're, if you're saying that Jerry Judy is just, which is he not? He, admittedly, he's not anymore. But I also don't think that Jerry Judy was worth the first round pick. I think he's above average, so not necessarily just a guy, but not a first. But round. not a first round. He's not a somewhere in between. Because it is, as one of my friends in, in you know one of my fantasy football mates said. You know, the elite receivers elevate their offenses no matter what. Like, the guys who are the guy who were worth first-round picks, and, uh, you know, he, he named several, and I think that he was probably right. But, you know, let's see. Mike Evans balled out with Jameis Winston. Look what D-Hop had before Deshaun Watson. And Garrett Wilson last year had Zach Wilson. And yet those guys are elite. Jerry Judy's not elite, mm -hmm. but he's also not just a guy. That's a, you know. Hey, before we dip out, and I know we got to get to picks, but we scrolling through Twitter as I am wont to do. You are? Um... I came across something and I just shared it with you and Justin. Justin, if you could check your DMs. Well, maybe I didn't share it with you, but I meant to. He's he has slid into your DMs, Jake. Yeah. yeah. And um Justin. I uh I have not received it. Hang on just a second. No worries. We're Efforting to yeah. learn. How okay. To. See if um see if you got it, and if you did, see Ooh. if you can throw it up on the screen. Ooh. Yep. Here's what I'm gonna say about this. I like it, but I hope that that red helps offset the blue on the black. Mm -mm. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. If if it does, and it could get ugly, but if it does, oh if my you, goodness. If you can read the numbers. If you can read the numbers, oh my goodness. Those are fire. And those, those helmets are even better. Uh, the helmets are flat black, and the TSU is... Is is it silver? I can't, or is tell, it, I can't tell if it's white. Is it is it gloss black? That's what I, I was thinking was, is it gloss black? I swear, I think every helmet should be matte matte whatever like you know the vikings yeah. have matte purple it looks so yeah. if that's matte black 
I'm in. With gloss black lettering, let's go. I'm in. Um, Tennessee State. I wonder if they're wearing these tomorrow night or tomorrow against Norfolk. It's got to be a night game if you're going blackout, right? It says. It does not say. Just says new unis for TSU Tigers football. Giving the people what they want. Fifty nine seconds ago. Mm. So, I'm gonna go with. Oh, there's a hype video. Do you want me to play it? Oh yeah, go ahead and play that yeah. hype video. Stand by. Justin's whole computer just died. No. Ah, there it is. Here we go. That's it. That's the hype video. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Thought it was going to be better than that. All right. Just confuse us more. Are you not hyped? I'm. It was. It was only 15 seconds. It was not long enough for me to get hyped. I'm not uh, in fact hyped. I, I was actually. I was far hyper when uh, I just saw the picture. Yeah. Uh, the initial reaction got me pretty hyped. That's pretty cool. I, I think they are going to wear them tomorrow, and I can't wait. I hope they do. Yeah. That'll be fun. Ten right. games to pick in college football against the spread. We'll do it right after this. Stick around on Main Street Sports. Day. Presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. 
With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Talk about getting hyped. That 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 makes me hype. Well yeah. done, Justin. Uh, well, it, it's thank kind of thank fitting you. because our picks have been kind of scary. So. Yeah, scary picks, scary picks. picks. It's, yeah. it's time to go pick them, Justin. What are you What are you wearing there? You got your little, you know, your uh, rain jacket on? Yeah, man, I do actually. Hold on, let's see, we'll see what kind of layout we need here. Yeah, well, you know, it's a little chilly. It's really thin, so. Uh, I had to do a wardrobe change in the middle of my last, in the middle of the segment earlier. Yeah, because yours was not thin. It was not, so I had to go thin. So yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of like uh, April 13th. The perfect day. The perfect day. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just need a white jacket. Let's, right, exactly. um, go let, through those. Let, let's recap real quick. Recap. Um, Justin went three and seven last week, four and seven with the bonus game of Alabama by. Plus uh, minus two and a half. Got that one right. Chris was five and five, five and six because he took Texas A&M in that bonus game, and I was seven and three, oh, wow. seven and four because I took Texas A&M. What's the overall? Won five games. Surprise, surprise. Overall record for everybody. Overall, you are twenty-eight and thirty-two. Counting the bonus games, you are 32 and 33. Wow, you're killing the bonus games. Let's go. Yao is 27 and 33. 30 and 35 counting the bonus games. And I am 29 and 31. 32 and 33 counting the bonus games. We're all neck to neck, though. Yeah, it's it's, it's right there. Oh, yeah. We're, We're... we're all yeah, you had a we're big all comeback pretty, week this week. Yeah, we're all pretty mediocre. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> hey, against the spread, though, five hundred yeah. will typically do you pretty good. If if we were all betting, though, we would have we lost would be, as much money yeah. as we've gotten. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It, it would be yeah. It, 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 we just have to start learning how to parlay some of these. Uh, okay. Game number one, eleven o'clock on CBS. We've talked about it already. Vanderbilt at First Bank Stadium will host the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, and we'll see how much red is in the stadium on 26 Saturday. and a half. 31 and a half. 31 and a half points, Justin. 31 and a half for for who? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, am I up? Or? Yeah, you are. Okay, I'm definitely going to go uh, Georgia for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's a lot of points. It is. But like 42-7 covers. 
Yeah, 4210. By the way, I like that y'all do that, that whole math thing, and say it like the 4210. Yeah, because it helps me out. You feel, you feel like that's what the score might be. Yes, 4210 covers. I'm taking UGA. I don't know that. I don't know that Vanderbilt's going to score a touchdown, though. It may be 42-9 more than it would be 42-10. Yeah, they'd have to get, like, so many penalties on Georgia's defense for them to drop yeah. down the field. So I'm, I'm going to take Georgia as well, which means Vanderbilt's definitely going to cover because we all took Georgia. Right. So congratulations and to the Commodores. Yep. 11 o'clock on Fox, big noon kickoff, which, geez, Indiana – at Michigan, mm. what's the line on this one? Indiana at Michigan. If Georgia Vandy's 31 and a half, what is this one? <laughs> it's not that much. It's what, 27 and a half, 28? 34 and a half. 35 nothing. <laughs> Covers. <laughs> right. It's just five touchdowns. Yeah. You know, when you put it that way. 30. And Indiana's bad. Right. It's only five touchdowns. Yeah. 49-14 is, mm. is a cover. Mm. Uh, I'm going Michigan. I'm going Michigan, yeah. Me too. Let's all, let's all uh... go load up on the Hoosiers. I'm going to parlay Vanderbilt and Indiana tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, pretty sure the odds are probably like plus 1,800 for them to win <laughs> or the team. Someone's going to get rich because they do the opposite. Also at 11 a.m. on ESPN, Arkansas at Alabama, 19 and a half in favor of the Tide. Interesting. Yeah, 19 and a half. That is an, that is an interesting number. Is it, it where, where are they playing at? It's at in Alabama. Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you know, 3110 covers. But thirty-one fourteen does not. Right. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go tight then. Oh, that's tough one though. Covers, but thirty-eight. Oh. Well, shoot, even thirty-eight seventeen covers. You're going Alabama, Justin. I am. Just after hearing all those other points, though. It, yeah. Like, yeah. I'll go there. Yeah, I'm going Alabama as well. I'm gonna take Arkansas. I like I like that as as being one of those that like you win and we don't you know what I mean like I think it's that. close I think it's close I think it's you know and so yeah I'm gonna go Arkansas mm-hmm. I won't be surprised if they lose by 21 but I also won't be surprised if they lose by 17, 17. so mm-hmm. right SEC <laughs> man who knows yeah in Utah at two o'clock Central Time on the Pac-12 Network so did it really happen. Cal goes to Utah. The Utes a thirteen and a half point favorite. That was awesome. That was perfect. Did it really happen? Did y'all actually play? I mean, who knows? Nobody knows. If a bear if a bear walks to Utah and plays a football game, but it's on the Pac twelve network in the, the middle city, of the day. In the middle of the day, does anyone really know? Yeah. Oh, Two touchdowns, guys. Mm-hmm. All in favor of Utah. Well, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Utah. I too am gonna take the Utes. They're, they're a fun mix. Did you say Utes? What's a Ute? What is a Ute? I don't know what a Ute is, but I'm taking it. 
Yeah. Are you saying yeah. you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Your Honor. You. you. <laughs> well, Still my favorite. <laughs> Here's the game of the day. 2.30 on ABC. Oregon, Washington. Huskies, three and a half. We're in Washington. That's why it's three and a half in favor of the Huskies, because huh. it's a pick em. Huskies get crazy, don't they, fans? Yeah, mm-hmm. things can get a little wild. Oregon at Washington. The Huskies are a three and a half point favorite. If it were in Austin, Oregon would be a three and a three half, and half point, point favorite. So. That's true. That's true. I, uh, you know, like I think I mentioned this before, but ever since seeing Oregon's coach locker room speech after they beat Buffalo, I'm, I got to ride with this guy. He's he's he's. So you're taking Oregon? Yeah, definitely. I've been listening to Chris gush about Michael Penix all year, and I think he's going to be the difference in this one. I think it's Washington by a touchdown. I'm taking the Huskies. Give me Bo Nix's Heisman moment mm-hmm. in this one. Mm-hmm. He he finally overtakes Michael Penix in the Heisman talk okay. in this one. So I've you're taking to, Oregon to cover. I've got the Ducks. i got the Ducks to win. Quack, quack. That's you're right. taking them out right. Okay. 2.30 on Big Ten Network. Penn State at home, speaking Japanese or not. <laughs> oh, you didn't, you missed that? Oh, that's a perfect clip. I'll try to find him while we're talking about this. No, we don't have time. But, yeah, yeah it's it's oh. if you've not seen it, it's fantastic. Right. You know, Mo, Mo, they've, actually, got, they've got Massachusetts. Oh, Lord. UMass. Yeah. The, the team that saved us from – Chips and peas and gravy. Um, Going to Penn State, and this one's forty-three and a half. I was gonna say forty-one. Forty-three and a half. (laughs) So I don't know, man. Forty-three point five. Massachusetts is a is a place I cannot spell on paper. Um, Let's. (laughs) uh, I'm gonna definitely go Penn State though. That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, but UMass is awful. Yeah, but like, does James uh, Franklin not just no pack it up at no, some point? No, that's true. He's a good no, guy. I don't, I don't think no. I don't think he can afford to pack it up again. This this needs to be a special year for Penn State. And well, I mean, hammering hammering UMass fifty two to seven would help. I, want, I hope yes. that guy that uh, asked him that question in that interview is just there, like annoying him the whole time. That was awful. That's what he's talking about. That's what we're talking about. He yeah. said you're spe- he, James Franklin said you're speaking Japanese. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh, oh. He's like, I don't yeah. even know what language yeah. you're speaking. It, it was really bad. Oh. It, it, Franklin went a little too far. Well, well dude doubled down. He, doubled he, down. He, yeah. yeah, he did double down. Well, he doubled down online with receipts. So not only did he, at least he brought receipts with his double down because mm. he, he did. Mm. I, I'm, so, okay. I'm giving him credit for bringing the receipts. That's that's a little. Just search Twitter for speaking yeah. Japanese. You'll find oh, it. Oh, oh goodness, that'll bring it up, huh? That, you'll get it. Okay. Yeah, it'll be the first top tip, probably. <laughs> you taking UMass? I'm taking Penn State. Oh. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> Five thirty on the CW. Fourteenth ranked Louisville, hmm. on the road at Pitt. Panthers, a home dog, eight and a half points. Eight one and a half four, Louisville. by the way. One and one and four, uh, Pittsburgh. Pitt's at Pitt. not terrible, though, are they? They're not terrible. Yeah, I feel like they're not that bad of a team. 
You say eight and a half? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go pit here. I'm going to throw a crazy wrench in it and go pit. I think Louisville's at least 10 points better than Pitt. I'm going with the Cardinals. I, I'm with you. I think they got, they they win this one, even if it is at Pitt. I don't think Pitt's mm-hmm. atmosphere is going to be that. Uh, that I don't think being at Pitt matters. Mm-hmm. There's going to be plenty of Louisville fans there. This one may be the biggest G5 game since last week that included <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming is on the road at Air Force. Air Force, nine and a half point favorites. Aren't they? Go- they're pretty good this year. Uh, they are good. They are, they, they are very good. They're throwing no, the ball around. Oof. I think there's too much film on them now. I'm going to go. Uh, who did you say they were playing? Wyoming? Yeah, Wyoming. I don't, I don't think it's a bad pick. I don't either. Um, I think Wyoming's been doing – again, their only loss is to Texas. Number nine, Texas. So – I think I'm going to go Wyoming too. I think Wyoming proved everything they needed to prove to me last week against against Fresno. Agreed. I, I have a tough time thinking that Air Force is going to beat Wyoming by double digits. So I'm going with the Cowboys. Yeah. It's just hard to think that that you know they'll scale, they'll score that many points. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but right. Six o'clock on the Pac-12 Network again. Arizona at Washington State. Eight and a half in favor of the Cougs. In in Pullman. Eight point lines are. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Washington State here. I think they they've just any time they get a chance to prove a point against the team that's leaving, they're going to. I like that. I'll do that as well. My concern is Arizona's performance last week against USC at USC. Arizona's three and three this year. This ain't Rich Rod's Arizona Wildcats. Thank goodness. Nor is it Kevin Sumlin's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I'm going to take Arizona. All right. And 6 o'clock on ESPN, Auburn at LSU, 11.5 points in favor of the Bayou Bengals. 11? 11.5. Bayou Bengals. The faves. It's at night in Baton Rouge. I've got the Bayou Bengals. There you go. (laughs) Enough said. Yep, yep, yep. It's at night, and Auburn's not good. Mm -hmm. So, bonus game. Who you got, J.K.? Uh, I'm going to go with LSU as well. Bonus game. They've checkered Neyland. Here we mm-hmm. go. The Vols, <laughs> a three-point favorite over visiting Texas A&M. Who you got, Justin? The Vols. Three and a half? Well, it's three. We're going to go three and a half so that there's no push. Um, Definitely Vols. Uh, yeah, I think Tennessee wins the game, so. Yeah. UT. Yep. You got the balls as well. I do have the balls. There's, right. there's a viral video of uh, real quick of Heifel when he was playing. God, where did he go to school? And or where did he go to college? Uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Push. He extended a play uh, from fourth and fourteen and scored touchdown. So that's you know. yeah. Picked up twelve yards on yeah. Probably, I, I, I said that it was the slowest 
first down scramble <laughs> in the history of college football. I think you would Peyton actually agree with that. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I took that personally. Hey, guys, come back with us on Monday. We have a special, special show live from Conference USA Basketball Media Days in Huntsville, Alabama. We'll be on the road, on the road show, fueled by Fast Stop. So come with us at 2 o'clock on Monday right here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Thank you.